welcome. Just, uh, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastoral team here and I'm an assistant pastor to um, Pastor Nathan. And um, I just want to say welcome this morning. If you are a guest um, with us, I want to quickly catch you up on, this is actually the last Sunday of the year, believe it or not. Next Sunday is 2023. That's crazy. So here we, here we go. Quick snapshot. 2022 at Hills Church. We started off the year and we did a series in Hebrews. Um, if you can remember that, as I was reflecting, I was like, yeah, yeah, that was this year. That was crazy. Then we spent about 30-ish weeks going through uh, the book of the Bible from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And, and we were learning how God was working through all the small stories and finding a way to reconcile us to himself, finding a way for us to have a relationship with him. And he established that. And here's a quick um, little spoiler. Christmas Day is actually a huge part of that, a huge part of that story and that plan. And then the last couple of months or so, uh, Pastor Nathan has been taking us through a series uh, through Philippians. And that's the book of the Bible that Paul and Timothy wrote to the church in Philippi. And what we discovered is that that letter holds a whole heap of personal application for us on how we can live our life enjoyably, how we can live our life without complaint, live in humility, serve joyfully, and be content. And I think um, these are great things. Four weeks ago marked the start of the season of Advent. And traditionally here at Hills Church, we, we light the four candles. And that, that all represent hope, peace, joy, and love. And this year, we use some beautiful poetry which was provided to us by Brookhaven Wesleyan Church uh, in, the, in the United States. And with this pack that they sent was also a suggestion of the fifth candle. And that reading was read um, to us by Pastor Beck this morning. And it's lit on Christmas Day to represent the light of the world. And it's not traditional, this fifth candle. I, you know, I've never been in a church service where they've lit it. And I, and I did a little bit of research and it's not traditional. The symbolism of the lit candle is for what Jesus, who is represented by the light of each candle, literally brought into this world as he came. He was born on Christmas morning and with him came hope, joy, peace and love. Romans chapter 15 reminds us here that I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, these candles, they're not just a symbol of what Jesus brought from heaven with him and into the world. They're a gift. All of these things symbolize a gift, a Christmas gift that we can actually receive. If we read that verse carefully again from Romans 15, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this fifth candle, it symbolizes light. And it seems a little superfluous because 
On Christmas morning, Jesus, the light of the world, was born and came into this world. And the candle that we're lighting is symbolizing the gift of light. It's symbolizing the gift of himself. And it's a little bit confusing, but there's these incredible benefits that come with it. And it starts here. I'm going to read from, uh, from John chapter 8, verse 12, where it says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Here, Jesus is saying that the light is something that we can actually have, that we can receive. It's a gift that we can receive, an incredible gift that does so much for us. And it actually gives us life. And so in that vein, I am going to bring out this fifth candle, light. And as, we, and as I centre it on stage, I'm going to think a little bit about some of the attributes of light, some of the things that it, it does for us. The lighting guy just had to do something, light up this, nice job. We're going to think a little bit about what light does for us and what it represents. Because what good is a gift if there are no benefits to go with it? Let's just do a straw poll here. Who's opened their Christmas gifts this year already? Put your hand up. Be brave. All right, I'm going to call... Put your hands up. I'm going to call... There we go. Emma, right over there on the way. What did you get today? A cheese board. And what's what's the benefit of receiving a cheese board? People can come to Emma's house. There's an open invitation, everybody. I'll give you the address. It's in Warner. And you can eat food. There's a benefit to that gift. If someone gave Emma a picture of a cheese board, there's no benefit to that gift. And so it probably wouldn't be as well received. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. I mean, let's look at these gifts. Hope gives us something to live for. Peace allows us to be able to establish relationship and harmony. Joy brings us satisfaction and contentment. And love gives us someone to live for. But what about light? Well, if you've ever read the Bible, you will know that the word light is a pretty central theme of the whole book. And I looked it up. And it's mentioned around 250 times throughout both Testaments. If you read the first paragraph of the first chapter of the Bible in Genesis, it says, "Let God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness. There's four times already. Or maybe in the New Testament, in John chapter 1, from verses 1 to 5, and John introduces us, to Jesus for the first time um, in his gospel. And he says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He's talking about Jesus here. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness 
can never extinguish it. We're going to be talking a little bit about the benefits of light, some of the things that light brings us. And the first one is that light overcomes darkness. Me and the family, or the family and I, love to go camping. We don't get to go that often, but we go once a year and it's a good time. I have a little bit about me. I have four kids. They're all under the age of 15. And um, so as you can imagine, camping for me is not a relaxing exercise, but it is a lot of fun. And um, I'm not sure if you've been camping in the last decade or so, but camping's a lot different um, these days. If you walk around, every man is, everyone's got a solar panel laid out in the sunshine that's capturing the sun's rays. It's powering their power banks, which is powering their fridges, their freezers, uh, their LED lights, strips at night time. And if you walk around a populated camping site um, throughout spring, it's kind of like walking through New York City on New Year's Eve. It's, you know, you're in the middle of a national park and it's lit up like a Christmas tree, right? But after 10 p.m., where they have some restrictions and the lights go out, it is dark. It is pitch black dark. And how do I know this? Well, um, I I mean, most people go to bed pretty early when they're camping. I do. I go to bed at about 8 o'clock and it feels like it's 12. Like I said, camping with kids is fun and exhausting. But um, I don't know whether it's all the tea and coffee that I drink during the day or if it's the air mattress that I sleep on and all the movements, but... Every other night, I need to head off to the bathroom in the middle of the night in the pitch black, and, um, and it can be difficult. I mean, I've camped in this same camping spot in September for the last 30 years or so every year, and so I could quite easily navigate myself to the, to the bathroom with my eyes closed. However, in the dark, everything is disorienting. It's confusing. All the things that you thought were there aren't there. And all the trees that you didn't know were there, were there. I mean, there are tent pegs. I've stumped my toe on many of them. People string clotheslines up between trees in the middle of, you know, in the middle of paddocks. And, you know, you get coat hanged. And where we, where we, go, to, where we go to camp, it's, um, you know, it's, there's big open spaces. And so kids like to ride bikes. And where do they leave their bikes at night? Just anywhere. And we're right beside a, um, we're right beside a lake. Um, where we camp as well. It's beautiful up there at Lake Catharabar. And so there's lots of kayaks and canoes and people just leave their kayaks and canoes anywhere. And I can tell you that if you kick a canoe in the middle of the night and you didn't know it was there, it really hurts. I'm pretty sure I have a few divots in my shins um, to prove it. However, if you are to shed some light on that situation, if I throw my headlamp on, for example and make that same trip. I'm able to walk confidently. I'm able to negotiate around all of the obstacles that the kids might throw at me. And I get there safely. And I get there a little more swiftly as well. It's less painful. The absence of light makes something, even something that's familiar, to be confusing, to be disorienting, to maybe even be hurtful. I don't know where you're at today in your life, but if you are lacking some direction, 
if you're trying to negotiate relationships and they're failing, if you're hurting, you know, you're, you're kicking the proverbial canoe time and time again, then I'm inviting you to shine some light on those situations in your life. Psalm 119 verses 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. It's this book, God's word, that gives instruction for the hazards of life, the tough relationships. It talks about life. It talks about death. It talks about salvation. It even talks about how to manage your finances. It's a guide. But here's the thing. The headlamp is useless unless you turn it on. If you walk around with a headlamp on your head and it's never on, you just look silly. This book is useless unless you open it, unless you read it and invest in it. Next Sunday, as I mentioned, is the first day of 2023. And if you were to read just three chapters of the New Testament every day, you would be finished it. You would have finished the New Testament by the end of March. And so I want to throw that challenge out to you. I wonder what kind of light that would shine into your life, what it would reveal. So the second property of light that I want to highlight this morning is that it's appealing. I contemplated making this point light is attractive, but I didn't want to see guys going around with lights around their, uh, their neck thinking that it was attractive because that's not. It's appealing. <laughs> the wise men were drawn to Jesus by an unusually bright star in the sky. A number of people in this auditorium have successful lighting hire businesses because people love beautiful lights. The Missenden family burned through a tank of gas last week traveling the north side of Brisbane, trying to find all the best-looking lights in, on, on this side of town. And we joined several hundred other people at the same time. It turns out that light is appealing. Light is attracting. Light is beautiful. People are drawn to the light because it appeals to us. I'm thinking fireworks, sunrises, sunsets. People go out of their way to see it. I just want to, for a moment, think about, in your life, who are the people that you love being around? For me personally, I love the company of those who love me because they're invested in me and I feel that. I'm going to be spending today with a lot of these people. I love being in the company of those who are joyful because despite all of the negativity in this world, I love that we can have a healthy optimism of what's to come. I love being in the company of those who are peacemakers over those who create drama. There's enough of that on TV. The people in my life who I'm closest to typify these characteristics. Those who receive God in their, in their life and live his way will see these characteristics as fruit more prominent in their life. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, 
the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These attributes are qualities of someone that I enjoy being around. Those with Christ a part of their life naturally display these qualities. And you might be thinking, well, wait a second, Mark. I know a few people who profess to have Christ in their life and they're not joyful. (laughs) Well, I just want to say something this morning. There are moments in my life where I lack some of these things too. But what I will say this morning is that year on year, I can see this fruit growing in my life. And that's something else that the light does. It allows life to grow. And that's the third property of light that I want to highlight this morning, and that that it does allow life to grow. But not only that, it also allows life to thrive. In grade six or seven science, you might have learned about the process of photosynthesis. I went back and rehashed my understanding of it this week. But it is the process in which plants, algae, and some bacteria use to turn sunlight, carbon dioxide, and water into sugar and oxygen. These are the things that a plant needs to grow. For plants, light is necessary for life. And what about for us humans? I did a little bit more research and pulled up a medical paper, and here's what I found. When exposed to sunlight, the skin absorbs vitamin D from its rays. It turns out that vitamin D is a critical nutrient that reduces the risk of heart disease, weight gain, and various cancers. I read a joint research paper from psychiatrists from Oxford and Georgetown Universities who scientifically have proven that a lack of sunlight presents a greater risk of seasonal depression and lack of sleep. That's interesting. So the property of light is that not only does it help life grow, but to thrive, and it helps life to flourish. Adversely, the absence of light is detrimental to our quality of life. It's interesting. The presence of God's light in our life helps us to grow in wisdom and maturity. It's why Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father that may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The presence of light helps us to grow in maturity and wisdom. But the outcome of that knowledge is that you may know the hope you can have for your life. You may know the hope that you can have for your life. One of the fundamental needs for any culture or any church, or any individual for that matter, to thrive and prosper is hope and purpose. I love Dr. Tony Evans' definition of hope. He says, hope is always future 
oriented. Hope is a joyful expectation about tomorrow in spite of what I'm going through today. Hope gives us motivation to persevere regardless of the challenges I'm facing today. I really want that for my life. I'm not sure about you. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, and this is a, this is a very famous um, verse that you might have heard in church times. Jesus spoke to the people once more. Oh, no, he said, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah, I mentioned before that as a church, we read through the Bible earlier this year. And when we got to the book of Jeremiah, I remember that it wasn't a good time in the history for God's people. It was Jeremiah's job to warn the Israelites that because they had walked away or turned away from God, that some tough things were going to happen, some bad things were going to come to his people. The rising Babylonian empire next door are going to come and they're going to conquer Israel and it's going to be a dark time and it all came to fruition. And yet, in this same book, God says to his people through the prophet that you, have, you can have hope. He says, I've got a plan for you, he says, and it's a good plan. And one that has a hopeful future. And before you question God's definition of good, just remember, he spoke creation into existence and he said it was good. Think of the coolest person that you know and you love. He created that person. He said it was good. His measure of good stacks up. Actually, it's beyond your imagination. But here, and here's a good news story here as well, that no matter what your life currently looks like, if you're in the dark days like the Israelites in Jeremiah's time, he came for you on Christmas morning. If your relationship is broken down, he came for you. He came from heaven for you. If you are lost in this life, the gift of his light will give you a future and a hope that is good by his great standard. Just reading John chapter 8, verse 12 again. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And this is what Christmas is all about. The light of the world that has come to bring you life. If you're living your life this morning without God, you're living in the dark. That's why life is confusing. That's why life might not make sense for you this morning. And maybe it's why you can't be healed of some of the hurt in your life. I'm inviting you this morning to turn the headlamp on. This morning, Christmas Day, 2022, 
taste and see that the Lord is good. Turn the light on in your life and experience his gift in all its goodness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for your gift of light. Your incredible um, witness, Father, and this act of grace, Father, that is undeserved for us, but the more we dwell on it, the, the more incredible its benefits are for us. Lord, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, all of these things that, um, that the presence of them in our life, Father, sees us succeed and it sees us prosper. And so, Father, we pray for them. Lord, this ability for us to receive knowledge and wisdom that comes from you and it helps us along in our life. Father, we pray for that. And God, for those who are walking in the dark this morning, I pray for them too. I ask that they get a glimpse, a glimpse of your light this morning. Father, they might receive the benefit and fall in love with you like many of us have. God, I just want to pray for this day for us all. Lord, that it is a um, day of joy. God, a day where we keep you in the forefront of our minds, giving you glory for all you did, for all of those amazing gifts, hope, joy, love, and peace. Help us to reflect on each one of them and rejoice. Rejoice in Jesus' name. Amen.